checking in with yourself. What do you want? The relationship is between you and your significant other and no one else. So asking your friends what they would do, you're just recreating their relationship. You're not being authentic to yourself. So really developing that trust, going within, how do you feel about it? Stepping out, making yourself emotionally available. It's okay. Tell your significant other what you want. It's okay to have a need. You know, just be you. Just be you. Welcome to Married 2.0. I'm your host, Amy Sanders. I'm a fitness and wellness pro, mom, stepmom, second wife, and master certified life coach. I'm here to help you manage your emotions, your relationships, and life so you can live a healthier, happier life. Welcome back, everyone. This is Amy Sanders, host of the Married 2.0 podcast. And today I have Janessa Finley with me. She's a healer and a relationship coach. And her mission is to help people feel that deeper connection. So often in life, we don't know how to really connect on a level that's going to be long-term, that's going to totally resonate with each other. And she is a master at this. So she helps you understand all of the different patterns that you have created that are keeping you from that connection. A lot of times we think it's the other person, but what if it's not? What if it is you or what if there's things you can do? So she's the pro. I'm going to introduce her and bring her on right now. So Janessa, thank you so much for being here. We're excited to have you and hear your specialties and everything that you're going to bring to this podcast. So welcome and tell me a little bit about you and your work and how you got here. Hi, Amy. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you and also those who are listening in. My journey, everyone's journey is unique. My journey began in the criminal justice field, actually, and I worked in prison and probation and drug court and for the Department of Homeland Security. And along the way, I encountered a probationer who was very, very challenging and stubborn (laughs) and uh, a part of that particular person's journey was doing some mindset work. And that was mind blowing to me because I was seeing this person who was so shelled up, who wouldn't smile, never had anything positive to say, didn't want to comply with anything that was being asked of them. And within a matter of weeks, weeks, like things that I had been seeing people work years to achieve within weeks, he was making some really huge strides in just simply communicating and connecting on a whole different level. So I just knew that I had no idea what was going on, but I needed to experience this. And so then my personal journey began and I started getting my mindset aligned so I could create all of the things in life that I really, truly wanted, which included, you know, really awesome relationships, which had been a huge struggle for me. And then along my journey of, you know, healing myself and getting my life on track, I discovered my true calling was to help people do this exact same thing for them. And I began coaching and, you know, living the life of my dreams. Awesome. Kate, can you tell me in your relationship? So you and I have talked before we hit record and you have been, you're engaged now. Congratulations. <laughs> so exciting. <Thank> you. <laughs> when we were talking, she's like my significant other, but I saw this like flashy ring on her hand and I was like, Hey, 
significant other? Are you married or are you give Like, where are you at? Because it's not often that people call their partner significant other, but what, like, that's so much more beautiful to just call them significant other, right? Than partner or any of the other terms. So this is going to be your second marriage. You've had a first marriage and you also hit on that you've had some struggles in your life with your relationships. Can you give us some just background on some of that as well? Yeah, I won't dive too deep, but I am an open book. So if this resonates with anyone who's had some of the same struggles, for sure, feel free to reach out to me. At a pretty young age, I experienced some childhood trauma that definitely changed my life and very unknowingly so because it was repressed and I did not recover those memories until I was 30 some years old. Mm -hmm. So along my journey, I had a terrible eating disorder, truly coped with this experience I couldn't even reach within my brain <laughs> and memory with all sorts of horrible coping mechanisms that did not support myself or my health or my, you know, emotional well-being in any sort of way. So I was very guarded. I kept people at a pretty, you know, long distance away from me while yearning and deeply to have something more, to have something a deeper connection, more stability in my relationships. And, you know, one of my faults in that perspective was looking at them exactly what you were talking about with looking at the other person to make all of the changes, which I don't even like changes because when we want someone else to change, we're saying there's something fundamentally wrong with them to begin with, but relying on that partner to make all the changes versus looking at myself and what did I need to do for me to show up in the relationship in this beautiful, empowered way. And so part of my coping mechanism was a very codependent relationship. We got married at a very young age. Um, it did not work really quickly. We were divorced, you know, a little over a year later, truly living together and being married lasted a year, which was really sad in hindsight, but learned so much from the experience. And, you know, I think both of us are much better people for that experience. And that's, you know, life in general, we, we go through hardship and we can get bitter or we can get better. And I made a decision when I started my mindset work that everything I encountered along my journey would be a path to make me a better person. I love that we can get better and we can get better. I've never heard that before, not in those words. So thank you for sharing that. And in your journey, when, how long ago was it? When Was it a prison guard or was it someone that was this person, the person that you talked about, who was he? You were working with him or were you like helping him? I was the drug court coordinator technically. So I was like a liaison between the courts, his treatment programming, administering or actually checking up on drug testing results. I was kind of a, a middleman. I wore a lot of hats. And if, if you think of just like the coordinator that makes sure everything is falling into place with a program to keep it running, that was really my role in that. Okay. And were you working with him like professionally, like he's your coworker or was No. He so like he was a, a the criminal drug court participant. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was wondering. I was like, okay. So you see this guy and you're like, all right, he's been here. So he was in drug court, correct? Correct. Right. Yep. Okay. So he's in drug court and then you see him totally change. That, that was probably amazing. So at that point, and you start your mindset work, 
were you all in at that point? You're like, okay, what do I need to do? And how long was that change for you before you're like, okay, now I need a coach? The journey was kind of long. I feel as though there's tools today. I know there are tools today. I have access to them and I use them with people, but they were not the same tools available to me in this very rural area where I lived at the time. So my journey took about five years to get to a place where I then began uh, training and coaching. The reason why I ask is because I know that there's people that are listening that are like, wait, how long does it take? Or what was her journey like? Was this easy for her? I feel like I'm on the same road over and over. You know, are you, am I making progress? Just those questions that can come up. Everyone's journey is different. And so you saw this guy and, you know, within five years, which I would argue is actually pretty short. You're now coaching, you know, like maybe it doesn't feel short to you, but in the grand scheme of things, it's like you can come a long way in uh, if you choose it in a pretty short period of time. Okay, so let's get into the topic. All of this like background, I just wanted to know more, (laughs) asking you a million questions, but let's talk about that. So you're saying the secret lies within the relationship with yourself and learning how to take down those barriers that a lot of times we have up without even really knowing it. And you recognize that you had this going on in your own life. So can you walk us through how to do that? Yes, absolutely. I have three, the three biggest key ways that we recreate relationships that don't work for us personally, but they're familiar. And we tend to stay where we're familiar because it's comfortable. And in doing so, we're not able to create authentic relationships that really fulfill our heart's desire. And so it's really a misjustice to ourselves to just stay in that comfort zone, to just do what we know versus really checking in with ourselves. And what is it that we want? And what do I think, literally, what are the thoughts in my head when I think about that, that prevent me from being there? So if I'm not already there and I'm here and the relationship I truly want is out there, what's filling the gap? Let's explore that, figure it out and then reprogram the unconscious mind. It's that simple and it doesn't take five years, which is the best part. part. Yes, it doesn't have to take five years. Okay, reprogramming the subconscious mind. I know that people that listen to me a lot, we do talk about this. We do talk about like, guess what? You actually can. And she just said, it's just that simple to rewire your subconscious mind. It does not sound very simple, right? Super simple. I think it's just this hidden secret that we don't necessarily, you know, necessarily embrace. Let's be honest. If we're going to say that everything that I have in life I've created, who wants that responsibility? And it took me a long time to jump in the driver's seat and say, okay, that actually sounds great because then I can make everything I want. It isn't a hurt, a heavy burden where it isn't a huge responsibility and life is going to be fulfilling and on fire and amazing. Yes. Sign me up. It took me a lot of years to feel that courage and bravery to decide that that's a great idea. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's also hard to look in the mirror and be like, my life is what it is because of how I have shown up. If you don't like your life, right? It's so much easier to put blame elsewhere or not, really take that driver's seat because that can be 
it can be very vulnerable and scary to take that ownership. But once you do, it is, you're right, so much more fulfilling. So what are the tools um, that you can walk us through as far as like how it's easy to retrain that subconscious mind and rewire it? Yeah. So first we have to explore where are these recreations of familiar relationships coming from. And the first of the three main places is what we witness as a kid. So our unconscious mind, its job is really to be a recording device. And our conscious mind can hold, and perhaps your audience already knows, so if this is a refresher, I'll keep it pretty brief, but the unconscious mind can hold, you know, a handful of facts about an event, which is why when you talk to someone else who has been at the same event, they may not share the same experience of it because their conscious mind grasps particular details that another person's conscious mind does not. And the unconscious mind stores all of the other information. So as a kid, while you're playing in the living room with your train set and your parents are having some argument in the room, you know, next to you, you're hearing all of the things they're arguing over. Maybe they're arguing over money. So then money becomes this negative root of all evil. It's going to break up our family. It's not safe to have money. And all of that gets locked into the unconscious mind. And then that starts filtering into your relationship as well because we create what's familiar and our thoughts, well, honestly, 90, 90, 93% comes from the unconscious mind. It runs through that filter. And while the conscious mind thinks it's driving the bus and running the show, it's really not behind the scenes is the unconscious mind supporting and allowing the conscious mind to make the decisions it makes. So first we have to start with looking at, you know, like asking that question that I asked before, what are the thoughts that are keeping me in this gap of not having the relationship that I have right now? Do I think relationships are hard? Do I think they're complicated? Do I think they're messy? Do I think they're volatile? And really digging into what were the themes that I saw in my home with my peers on TV? Um, Even some church and religious teachings can influence people's relationships in a way that isn't truly fulfilling to the person. And that's completely on a case-by-case basis. So we just have to start identifying the, the little buggy programming in the unconscious mind so that we can build a new neural pathway, which is really easy to do. And it does not take 21 days of saying an affirmation and trying to convince ourselves that what we're saying we really truly believe when we don't so we build in that new neural pathway with the belief of what we want to have and when our unconscious mind believes something it creates it so the key is in programming the unconscious mind to support the thought of the things that you want to have yeah so relationships are easy relationships support me my loved ones support you know all of those really warm beautiful truth that can be within really healthy relationships. I had a laugh when you talked about the mantras. So often we're like, oh, have it in 21 days. So if I just say this, you know, for 21 days straight, I'm good to go. But it's not going to work if your subconscious mind is not on board. If it doesn't think it's true, you can say those affirmations forever and things are not going to change for you. So... 
and you feel it too. Like when you're saying the affirmation and it doesn't align, there's that resistance. And for me, it's frustration and annoyance. I'm I'm sure other people feel that or some other response to it, but you feel it. And so then when you continue to say it, you just kind of keep agitating yourself and it's not a comfortable place to be. Yeah. So what about this belief you want to have? So say, let's use money because money's easy Uh, or relationships, either one you choose. But so say someone wants to have, um, they want to create more money, but they don't believe that they can. You know, so they've tried the affirmation thing. They're like, oh, you just need to recreate or you need to reprogram with this new neural pathway. How do they do that when they feel like their subconscious is working against them? Well, outside a session, I encourage people to do so with breath, truly. Uh, our breath, breath is more work. powerful. Yep. Breathing. There's not any specific like Wim Hof method is great. There's a flutter breath also that can be used. That's great. But an intentional cleansing breath can build a neural pathway. I am not kidding. It can be that easy. Sometimes there's just a little more resistance to opening that highway in the brain if you want to speak to the analogy in that way. So we have blind spots. We can do a lot of shifting on our own. I I can't shift all of my mindset on my own. I still coach with people because it makes life easier and we can't see all the things. So I mentioned this because Don't take a few breaths and think a new thought and say, this girl does not know what she's talking about. I promise you, you are able to do it. Just keep trying a couple different topics or a couple different thoughts. Essentially, you, you eventually you will have success with that. Just know that sometimes where you start isn't necessarily the outside of the onion. And if you don't have tools to identify your priority pathway, then it can take a little bit longer to make those shifts. So but this is also your specialty. So you're like, guess what? I can help you do this faster, right? Like within yeah. a session. So yep. we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. So when it comes to relationships with ourselves, getting, uh, you've walked us through it, just getting aware. How are you talking to yourself? How, like, where is this resistance? What else can you uh, teach us when it comes to that connection, deepening your connection and moving forward? I don't know if I said that very clear, but moving forward with relationships to where they feel more connected and deep. So the second way that we recreate these, you know, familiar relationships rather than authentic is when we ask and seek advice. Now there are going to be some personalities out there who are going to say, Nope, I don't do that. And you're right. You don't, it's not how you were designed. And there are other personalities who will take a poll of all the people in their life and see what they would do in a situation And then they will do that versus what they truly want to do. And so the second way that I really encourage people on their own to start deepening their relationship is checking in with yourself. What do you want? The relationship is between you and your significant other and no one else. So asking your friends what they would do, you're just recreating their relationship. You're not being authentic to yourself. So really developing that trust, going within, how do you feel about it? Stepping out, making yourself emotionally available. It's okay. Tell your significant other what you want. It's okay to have a need. You know, just be you. Just be you. Oh, I love that. I love that. Just stop asking everyone else what they would do because the relationship is always going to be different than yours. Right. And they don't know what you want. They don't know what you need. No. And when we're 
you know, asking family members where traditions and generational influences and all these other things start playing in, then we're just opening ourselves to obligation mm-hmm. and obligation is heavy right? and it is not supportive in relationships. Just close the door, close that door, check in rather than check out. And it will make a much, much more solid relationship. Mm, I love that. Thank you for sharing. Did you say there's three? There is. I have one last What's What's number three? This one is the most sneaky ninja one of them all. It's fascinating. And people who work with me, they're like, oh, no, I don't do that. But we all do. And we all do it from the unconscious space. And we don't see it. It's a huge blind spot. So it's actually recreating the relationships that your parents had. And I'll give you an example. So this is reachable and tangible. But before I do, I just want to have you all think about if you and your significant other are in a relationship and then your mom and dad are in the relationship too with their ideals and ways that they were partnering together and your significant other's parents are in it as well in your unconscious mind space. So you're creating your significant other's parents relationship. And then if you happen to have step parents and multiple parents, like there's a whole mess of people in one relationship and it gets, it gets complicated really quickly. Ah. So we want to weed out all of that unconscious, unknowing way that we're recreating our parents' relationship. So one example of how this happens is for instance, you know, mom and dad may have had a fight over whatever. It doesn't even matter. And we, the way that they would make up is one of them would go buy gifts and just try not to deal with the emotions. I'm just, I'm a gift giver. It's my love language. I'm going to give a gift to my partner whose love language is not gift giving. I'm just going to make the problem go away. And so then we observe that and we identify that from the conscious space and say, oh, okay, that's the issue. That That's really what was causing problems in their relationship so much. So I'm not going to give gifts to my partner when we get into an argument or a fight or when we're trying to make up. And we focus so much on that, that we're blind to the true underlying factor, which is really maybe showing up in your relationship as instead of avoiding confrontation or by avoiding um, arguing and then giving gifts, like the gifts didn't resolve the issue while avoiding the negative emotions or the argument or whatever doesn't resolve it either. And so it's, it's an avoidance to what is the root issue of dealing with the negative emotion or dealing with the root issue under underneath the relationship. And quite honestly, it is most valuable to be really, really comfortable with your partners, your significant others, let's call them flaws for the lack of a better word, because the majority of the disagreements in marriage is an agree to disagree situation. And you can either fight over that divide and make it a divide for the rest of your marriage, or you can get really good at accepting the other person for who they are and embracing how do you embrace those differences that you both hold. And a part of that is truly getting rid of these things that our parents did that we're not even realizing 
and placing obligation on our partner, trying to make something that isn't truly ours, running, you know, like the example, the avoidance, if that is what you're doing for other people, a lot of people I work with, you know, there's alcohol or bigger things involved. And those really painful dynamics get repeated in maybe the same form of addiction, a different form of addiction, so on and so forth. But it's never just one. Most of the people I work with, they're they're recreating their parents' relationship in six to, to 14 different ways. And it just makes it so complicated, unnecessarily complicated. I'm like cracking my brain to see where I'm doing that. So you're saying, <laughs> and I was like, where am I doing that? Where am I doing that? So you're saying sometimes we will be like, oh, well, the gift didn't work. So I'm not going to do that, but I'm still going to avoid. Right. Or maybe we I'm get to... the gift because that's what I know. Like, okay, I guess that like molds it on over. It's okay. Yeah. We get so hyper-focused on what we identify in the conscious mind that we're not able to actually get into the, the really base root of, well, what was my, what were my parents doing that did not work? It's mm-hmm. hard to see. Just yeah. complete blind spot to us because it was so normal. It was so normal. It's kind of like, we don't know anything else until we can identify it and step out of it. And then we're like, holy cow, I can't believe I was doing that my whole life. <laughs> This is such a relief. It's so interesting. There's so many things I look back. I had amazing parents, but both of them came from just the craziest backgrounds, which then, you know, they parented the best that they could. And there's a lot of things that I just let go. It's like, hey, I'm not doing that. But I'm all, what am I doing? Or why? What am I doing so different because of, you know, it's just, it's interesting to get curious and see how I'm showing up. I just got off a call before this with a client that I'm currently coaching and she wants her relationship to be like her parents' relationship and it's not. And because it's not, she's finding all of the flaws within her relationship. And so it's like, you can't, your parents' relationship is always going to be different than yours and your husband. And he has his parents, you know, she's like, he acts so much like his family. I'm like, well, that's where he came from, <laughs> you know? But so often- That's how that works. <laughs> but he is going to act differently than your family. And, you know, it's been a real challenge for her, but I think a lot of people can relate to that. But if you let go and just be like, this is my relationship, I get to decide, and me and my partner together get to decide how we're going to show up and what works for us and getting curious. Yeah, good. Good number three. I liked it. Yeah. And really giving our, our significant other space too, to make decisions rather pushing our family situations on them. I have a client too recently who was going through a situation and their spouse wanted to handle it one way. Their family handles it, you know, one very opposite way than my client. And the, the real power came from when my client just said, you know, it's your choice. It's actually more your situation than my situation. Mm -hmm. And my family, we actually do the opposite. So if you want to extend that to them, that's going to be comfortable for them. That's going to be what they know. And if you don't, that's, I respect your choice. It's your choice. So really being able to show up and support your, your relationship in that way as well, versus being so used to what you're used to, that you won't even create the space to just let your relationship be what works for you and the other individual. Yeah. Such a better way to show up too. The energy is so much better. And then you both feel seen, heard, and connected. Right? Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> 
it's such a better way, such a good reminder. And whether, you know, you're a coach or not, like even for me, I'm like, okay, this is a good reminder for me. I need to, where can I implement this? Where can I show up better within my relationship to make sure that he also is feeling seen, heard, and given that space? So beautiful. Okay, so if you were to share one more tip of your expertise, what would you tell? I know, I'm putting you right on the spot. She's like, what would I share? What would I share? Hmm. I've even listened to your podcast. I should have been prepared for this, but like we talked about before we jumped on here, like there's so much, our minds are going so many places. So let me sit and check in. Let me use my own advice and check in and I'll pull out a golden nugget. You know, I feel like one of the biggest pieces and it aligns with what you're talking about, being seen, heard and connected. We all every day bid for our partner's attention. And we do this in different ways. Sometimes it's just commenting about a beautiful flower or something that you're watching on TV. And we have our phones, there's children, there's so many reasons why we can choose to not divert our attention to our significant other and, you know, give them the attention, answer their bid and have that connection. And there are different ways we can do that. We can do that at a low level of engagement of just, "Mm mm-hmm, yep, and like agreeing. We can just touch their shoulder or something as we pass them by and not even say anything. We can give a broader affirmation of, yep, that's pretty. (laughs) Or we can ask a question. And the question is where we really truly engage. Mm. So watch for your partner's bids for your attention. And if you want to build true connection throughout the day in the most simple way possible, try to ask a question anywhere you can when your partner, you know, is seeking that bit of attention, or if they ask you how your day went, good, long, you know, come on, give them some information, like connect with them there. There's those simple little things make such more impact in our relationship than what we often even will think is possible. Well, that was a really great nugget. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> She mic drop. Except I want to add this. I should I should just do mic drop. But so often we think our partner doesn't care either. Well, it's the same day every day. My day wasn't different than yesterday, but they actually do care. So instead of just saying fine or long or whatever, I love that you brought that up because that's been something where we connect in my second marriage. So in my first marriage, I would ask him how his day was, and it was a one word back, and I, I felt like he didn't care that I, but I actually really did care how his day was. You know, he's like, it was just the same. Why do you ask me this every single day? And so there was a disconnect there and I felt rejected with that question. So I guess why I wanna talk about it here is because I really did care and I really wanted to know, but you have to be open on both sides, right? And also give them some real information. So now when I ask that, it's like such a great, way for us to connect with my husband that I have now. It's like, we, how was your day? And we have everything to say. And it's been so rewarding for me since I have seen and experienced the difference. And so I love that you brought that up, but also expanded on more than a word, like give them more than a word, create the space to actually connect. So thank you so much. So guys, obviously she's full of wisdom. So tell us how, (laughs) 
tell us how they can get a hold of you and then also I'll have it in the show notes as well but yeah everyone needs a little bit of you in their your their life she's like so grounding and her energy is just so calm and I, I love it I get to see you face to face right now they don't have that opportunity but yes so how do they have more of you in their life Thank you. There's no more beautiful comment in my world than someone complimenting my energy. So I really just want to take a moment to receive that and acknowledge it. Thank you. For our Facebook users out there, jump into our Stronger Together group where you can experience these mindset shifts once a month. I go live in that group and give a little sample of what it's all about for people who are curious. And there's lots of relationship knowledge shared in there, like this tip I just gave at the end. So that's a fantastic place to come join a really supportive community who everyone is, you know, going within to find their answers and build that inner relationship. So the external relationships all have this super strengthening ripple effect. And you can also visit my website, www.fiercelyradiantsoul.com. And you can find my courses and offerings on my website. All the things. She has all of the things to help you have a better life more connected, better relationships. So make sure that you check her out. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate your time and your energy and everything that you've shared. So thank you. Thank you for having me, Amy. Bye. Hey, who is your life coach? If you don't have one, I'd be honored to be your coach. I've created a virtual coaching program called Thrive Club that I'd like to invite you to join. We address challenges, we work on goals, and ultimately we thrive together. There's group coaching, individual coaching, and hundreds of hours of courses and content that I've created just for you. If you're ready to take your life to the next level, then come check out Thrive Club at luckysanders.com forward slash membership.